Hi there, Ed. Welcome to the latest edition of the Calgary Stampede Podcast. I'm Dave Rowe. Well, it is here. The preseason is over. And yeah, you can say that the preseason, the regular season, and the first part of the playoffs, essentially a big preseason for the Calgary Stampeders because the only question the fans have been waiting to have answered is can this team finally close the deal? Two straight disappointments in the Grey Cup. Third straight trip facing the Ottawa Red Blacks team that beat them two years ago. How is this thing going to play out? And more importantly, how good is the party in Edmonton going to be? To get answers to those questions, I caught up with the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, Morley Scott. Morley Scott, 630 Chad, voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, a voice that went silent at the end of the regular season. Sorry, buddy, I just had to rub that in a little bit there. Yeah, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's what we do. It's what we do. Hey, anyway, uh, so I imagine uh, you're the guy up there in Edmonton. Is the whole town painting itself red and white and just embracing the whole Calgary Stampeder experience? No, stop it. No, no, that's not <laughs> happening. I think uh, I think Dave Dickinson was, was correct uh, post-game when he talked about no one's going to be cheering for him. Uh, that's probably the case in Edmonton. I know I talked to Ryan King yesterday uh, about uh, the week and the festivities and the game and as a guy who not only plays for the Eskimos but grew up in Edmonton uh, played his minor football in Edmonton before he went east uh, to go to university but also played junior football in Edmonton he he said there's no way he can cheer for or predict uh, as he called it the team from the other half of the province he wouldn't even say their name so I think he feels pretty much the way most people in Edmonton do uh, feel that they won't be cheering for Calgary. I mean, there's a bit of an Edmonton connection with the, with the Red Blacks, with Rick Campbell, of course, been around Edmonton for a long time with his dad back in the day, as they say, and then was an assistant coach with the Eskimos for a while. So I think uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks, I think, will probably be the favorites amongst the crowd at the game, uh, I guess amongst the crowd at the game that doesn't travel north from Calgary. There you go. I, I don't imagine. Uh, you know, don't imagine a whole bunch of Stampeder swag is going to get sold up there this week. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Wouldn't think so. Uh, that, you know, there'll be uh, there'll be some red and black stuff sold, but I don't think it'll have a horse on it. Yeah, no doubt. I'm not expecting to see that at all. How uh, I mentioned, well, you talked to Ryan King, and uh, it's tough because I remember back in 1993, the Western Final was here, Stampeders and the Eskimos, and the Stampeders were favored, and the Eskimos upset them and went on to beat Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. And a lot of the players from that team, you know, were telling me at the end of the game that, you know, the, the Eskimo players were taunting him about, oh, clean out that locker room, you know, make sure that locker room is nice and shiny for us. You know, the the Eskimos have to give up their locker room to the Calgary Stampeders. How do you think that's going down? Uh, it's not, it's not going to go over well, uh, I'm sure. The Eskimos, uh, lot, not a lot of these guys were around. I think probably only Calvin McCarty was around back in 2010. Last time it happened, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders got the Eskimos locker room. That was the year they had the brand-new locker room. So that one hurt even more. This one, I, I think, I, I guess, uh, to a certain extent, and I've talked to a couple of players around town this week, and to a certain extent, uh, if it's going to happen this way, at least it's not fresh anymore. And they've had their morning period uh, while the playoffs were going on, and they've, they've watched everything. And they're they're kind of not saying you get over it, but they're prepared to to do what they have to do this week to have a good time and 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 to do what's best for for the festival and and for the game and everything. They, you know, obviously they wish they were in it, but uh, the wounds aren't fresh. So I think that might be the best thing for an Eskimo player who's walking around Edmonton this week while the Stampeders take over their dressing room to play the Red Blacks in the Grey Cup game, a game that they so desperately wanted to be in. 
Morley, uh, the week officially started uh, on Wednesday morning with the coaches news conference and both coaches, Dave Dickinson and Rick Campbell, got out in front of, uh, I guess if you can call it that, yep. uh, the controversies uh, facing each team. Dave Dickinson uh, you know, getting fined for, uh, for, for his comments uh, last weekend and also uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks with the ongoing Jonathan Rose situation. Do you think the coaches did uh, a good job of, of diffusing those and just you know making sure that won't be a big part of the narrative this week? Yeah, they did a great job with their opening comments just to, to say their piece and get to the point where, okay, now we don't have to answer this anymore because here's what we've talked about. We, we're going to put it to bed. And I think that was a good idea. I'm sure they probably got some, some coaching from the CFL and from their own media relations people to do that. So they handled it quite well. I love Dave Dickinson's line and where he reminded everybody that, you know, his kids are Canadian, his wife's Canadian, and, and he lives in Canada. He said, I am, I didn't mean anything about Canadians. And just remember, I am a Canadian not by birth certificate, but by choice. And I thought that was a great line for him to throw out there. So, uh, yeah, I got, you know, in the, in the Rose suspension, it's, it's as they say, before the courts, right? So no one wants to talk about it, which is, which is a, a great, uh, great excuse to put it on the back burner while everything gets decided. He's, he's probably going to play in the game and get suspended for week one next year. So, uh, so be it. Let's, uh, let's get on with business and then talk about the game. And, uh, well, I want to talk, too, about uh, the party that Edmonton has been uh, putting on. Edmonton traditionally does these things right, does these things very, very well. Uh, you know, you've seen uh, the lead-up to this, uh, all the preparation for it, and uh, now it's uh, it's all happening out uh, out in the streets. What do you think of the whole festival surrounding things this year? It's done, they've done a terrific job setting it up. If you go back to 2010, last time Edmonton hosted it, they hosted it on uh, Sir Winston Churchill Square, which was uh, the big area in front of City Hall. Uh, they can't do that this time around because of uh, LRT construction that's going on. So what they've done is they've taken Jasper Avenue right in front of the Shaw Conference Center and they've closed down uh, three blocks worth of Jasper Avenue. So it's going to become uh, just a walkabout area for the fans and everyone taking part. They've got the, the tube slide. They've got the zip line. They've got the ski activation. Uh, they've got the bungee jump. They've got all sorts of booths and pavilions set up. And it's all right on uh, the river valley right in front of the shaw convention center it is just a uh, it's a great setup they've done a terrific job setting it up uh, we're broadcasting live from down on the site and uh it's 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 going to be filled with people i think from the time it opens every day till the time uh it closes even past the time it closes and you know there's stuff inside too at, uh, at the shaw so if it does get uh, cooler and uh, maybe that's the best thing about this week right now, Dave, it's supposed to be pretty nice, you know, for late November, temperature is going to be around the, the zero mark, maybe just below zero or certainly not into the minus double digits. So that's going to be the best part uh, of what's going on because that you can't control. They control what they can control and they've controlled it very well by putting the stuff there and, 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 and putting it in a good spot and bringing in some, some real good talent, bringing in some great entertainment, bringing in, uh, stuff to do on the site and the only thing they can't control is the weather it looks like the weather is going to cooperate so uh, that's certainly the best news but it's a terrific setup and it's going to be a lot of fun this week and of course uh, you know there's the various uh, hospitality houses that the uh, the different cities and and and, and teams have Are you planning to get out there and uh, sample uh, some of the situation yeah i am i'm gonna try uh, i i got a goal uh this year and i want to try to get to every room every team's room i don't know if it'll happen or if we'll get stuck hearing great stories in one room and won't get to the next room i don't know but i want to try to get to every room including the atlantic schooners who will uh 
traditionally have their rooms set up here as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that part of it. It's a little different. Uh, last time I was at a Grey Cup, uh, the Eskimos were in it. So I had a lot of football work to do. I plan to do a little bit more uh, work on the festival side this time and have a little bit more fun. I don't know, Morley. You know, maybe you know, back in the day when it, uh, you know, when uh, when you and I were working together and uh, we were both a little younger. But it's an ambitious goal. But I applaud you for setting that out. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I don't know if uh, I don't know how it will go. I don't. I'm attempting to do it. I'm going to have some some wingmen with me. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how we do. Uh, I want to try and say hi to every CFL city. Find someone in a in the jersey of that city and maybe have a drink with them and just get some stories. We'll see. I don't know. It might be ambitious. It might not. We'll find out. Hey man, aim big. And of course, as you say, the uh, the Atlantic Schooners are uh, have got their suite set up. And I guess uh, on, on Friday is it uh, that, that they're going to have the the naming of their potential franchise? I mean, honestly, there, there's nothing they can call this thing besides the Schooners. You know, the convoy. Ab- the, absolutely not. The, yeah, it has no. to be. I, I I would be surprised if you know they're doing a fan vote, correct? So I'd be surprised if it's anything but. Schooners. I mean, you look back when, when uh, Ed, the Edmonton Oilers bought a junior hockey club and were going to open up a junior hockey club in Edmonton. There was no way they could not call it the Oil Kings. If it ever happens that Major League Baseball goes back to Montreal, uh, there's no way they can't call them the Expos. And this team has been talked about for years and years and years. And they've always been referred to as the Atlantic Schooners. And I don't think there's a way they can get away from that. And they shouldn't because that's uh, the, the name Atlantic Schooners is is kind of uh, it's kind of a part of tradition it's kind of a part of history of the CFL even though they've never played a game yeah the the greatest team that never was but uh, perhaps the biggest will problem be. the biggest problem is going to be getting Kevin Glenn to go there yes they're going to have to wow i hadn't thought of that they're going to have to find a way to sign him. We got to get to work on that right away here. Uh, so you know, we we've covered off uh, the party stuff, but there's also going to be a, a lot of business done. Uh, the uh, the commissioner Randy Ambrosi, his annual state of the CFL address. Things you know on the whole are are, are pretty good. I mean, there's always going to be ongoing worries about uh, you know about player safety and, and things like that. But you know, on on the whole, do you think uh, it's going to be a fairly rosy picture painted by the commissioner? Uh, I think so to a certain extent. I think what's going to overtake and be the, the biggest discussion point at the commissioner's news conference is going to be the CBA. I mean, Randy Ambrosi has to deal with that. That's going to be the biggest off-season question. We've seen it in the National Hockey League where the CBA just takes over in the off-season until it gets solved, and, and it's going to happen in the CFL now. It's going to be a big topic, especially uh, with uh, the way Dan Vertley, uh, the player agent, has uh, kind of controlled all the quarterbacks. He's got all those quarterbacks who are free agents. They're all contracts are all expiring, and none of them are going to sign a deal until – the CBA gets solved, and that puts the GMs in a pretty tough position. You know, and I'm talking about guys like Mike Riley and, and Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, Travis Lule, Trevor Harris. They're all in that mix. They're all they all have the same agent, and uh, he's going to take his time getting those guys signed. So the CBA is going to be the hot topic uh, for the off season, and I think that's probably going to dominate things at the, the commissioner's news conference, along with with the the usual things about about player safety and about officiating and about other things. But uh, for the most part, uh, I think things are going pretty well in the Canadian Football League, uh, but they do have some issues they're going to have to deal with this offseason. So it's going to be a busy year, and it's, it's going to be neat to see how Randy Ambrosi handles it because I'll give him a ton of credit when, since he's taken over as commissioner. When problems have come up, he has quickly solved them. He has stepped in and said, no, let's do this. This is the right thing to do. Whether it be the million-dollar score and win thing that happened a couple of years ago, whether it be uh, the challenge flags, whether it be suspensions, whatever it is, 
he has stepped in and he's made the changes even to the to the touchdown celebrations this year. You know, he realized that, yeah, you know, using props isn't that bad. Let's relax the rules a little bit. And then he realized using that prop is not good. So we're going to tighten it up a little bit and take the beer away from John Gott. So um, he's stepped in and done things quickly. This will be the first thing I think that Randy Ambrosi can't solve quickly uh, is the the new collective bargaining agreement. It'll get done. I don't see the CFL having a lockout or a strike. It'll get done, but uh, there's going to be some some pain and some name-calling, I think, along the way. Yeah, I wonder what the over-under is going to be on fans who want to chug a beer with John Gott this week. Uh, probably pretty high. <laughs> uh, forget that. Forget John Gott. I think at Great Cup Week, fans will just chug a beer with anybody. All you got to do is ask them. Now, you got a point there, son. Hey, I want to ask you about uh, about ticketing too, and about uh, like expectations for the crowd. I mean, obviously, you know the tickets are are out there; uh, they're sold. I mean, I've just been you know, sort of noodling around on the internet. There's plenty out there on on the secondary market, and I guess uh, you know with the home team not in it, you know with Saskatchewan not in it, are you anticipating that you know these tickets are are, are going to get used? Because you know I want to see a, a full a full house. I can't see anyone uh, who doesn't who bought tickets and doesn't want to the, want to go to the game letting them go unused. I mean, you don't spend that kind of money for tickets, and because you don't feel like going to the game because your team's not in it or because Calgary's in it or whatever, I don't see say I'm just not going to go and the seats will be empty. I think they'll be used, they'll be given away to somebody if they can't sell them, or they'll use them themselves if they can't sell them. I think uh, it's going to be a great crowd. It's going to be a huge crowd, over fifty thousand. I know it's it's. I think there's a few tickets left still uh, the old-fashioned way through through Ticketmaster and everything. But uh, it's it's probably going to be sold out by the time it gets here. But there is a lot of people. I've noticed a lot of people on Twitter and, and social media saying, hey, I got two. They're 300 bucks for the two. Who wants to buy them? You know? and, and, you know, a lot of people bought tickets hoping the Eskimos would be in the game. A lot of people bought tickets hoping that if the Eskimos aren't in the game, they could sell it to Ryder fans. Uh, but now that that's gone by the wayside, maybe it is a little bit tougher to sell tickets. Although Calgary, I mean, it's, there's no excuse. I mean, the weather's going to be nice. Uh, it's a what two and a half hour drive. Uh, it should be, it should be doable that if you're a, uh, Stan Peters fan, I want to come to the game. You should be able to get tickets from somebody online, I would think, and, and come to the game. So maybe that's going to help ticket sales as the week goes on. Okay. And I again, gotta... I say help ticket sales, but I don't yeah. think, I mean, uh, that's not the right phrase because it's going to be a great crowd. It's going to be over 50,000 people uh, at Commonwealth Stadium watching a football game on Sunday. Before I let you go, I just got to ask for a prediction uh, for this game, but I'm going to ask it in sort of a different way. Uh, when, uh, you know, the Eskimos are scrubbing out the locker room on Monday morning, will they be uh, cleaning up uh, champagne stains or tears and broken dreams? Uh, I'm going to say champagne. I, I think the Stampeders will win it. I'm, I'm kind of sticking with that. Uh, I said we did a we did a feature after the Eskimos' uh, final game of the season, and, and uh, myself and Dave Campbell and, and Blake Dermott who all work on our broadcasts. Uh, we we put our predictions for what was coming ahead in the playoffs, and uh, I called the Calgary Stampeders to, as I said at the time, rise from the ashes and, and win the Great Cup. I think this is the year that, especially going into the playoffs, and especially last week against Winnipeg, this was the year that. Uh, people said, "Oh, it's finally catching up with Calgary. They're not going to win. They're, you know, they're maybe not as good. They got all the injuries at the end of the year. They haven't been winning a lot in the last month of the season. Maybe this is the year it finally catches up." I think uh, everyone expected them to win the last two years, and they didn't. I think a lot of people aren't expecting them to win this year, and I think they will. Morley, always a pleasure talking to you, buddy. Uh, enjoy the week, and I wish you well. I wish you strength on your goal to hit uh, every hospitality house. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank you.
that's all the time we have on the Calgary Stampeder podcast this week. Remember, you can catch us wherever you get your podcast product, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and tune in. And remember, you can go back anytime, catch up on episodes you may have missed. We'd love it if you could take some time out to rate us. If you really like what you're hearing, tell a friend, and also feel free to drop us an idea. We'd love to hear what you'd like to hear on the Calgary Stampeder podcast. 